Welcome to the Hope Talks podcast with Grayson Willis and Pastor Margaret Michael, where you'll hear inspiring stories that are filled with hope and good news in Jesus Christ. You can also search for our podcast on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcast, and TuneIn. Welcome to today's broadcast of Hope Talks. I'm Grayson Willis. Thanks for tuning in. And today's broadcast is going to be part two of Lenora Fowler's testimony. Part one played last Sunday. And if you were unable to hear part one, after today's broadcast, we invite you to visit our website, cotnaz.org, and then go to the top right-hand corner, click Watch, Listen, and click Hope Talks, and you can find it there. I still had my job, and I work for a Christian man. Um, he was a great boss, and he endured a lot of stuff during all these times of loss. And, you know, I'm sure I wasn't very easy to work with. And uh, when I lost Al, um, he really came around me and just, you know, and, and all the people that I worked with. I, I, I'm blessed that my office is a Christian office. And um, so um, they just all came around me. and But I was just existing I mean it was you know and there wasn't any there wasn't any joy and there wasn't any there was no communication between me and God we were living in separate with our we were living in the same <laughs> yes. house but he was in one room and I was in another that's like I heard someone say one time you know God right now I'm not talking to you <laughs> and that's exactly right I didn't yeah. talk to him I mean when I did talk to him the only question out of my mouth was why yeah why yeah. you need to fix this know why you know whatever it is you need to fix this because I don't understand it but um when I look back it's just really strange because just two months before Al took his life in October I had been working with Pastor Vic in Children's Church and um and I had been working with him and he had needed somebody to help with the three and the four-year-olds because we were expanding at that time it was just huge um, actually, it was four and five year olds, not three year olds. But that was part of his ministry. But he was like, I can't put them in with you know fifth graders, and so he and I worked it out. And I said, you know, I'll start this ministry called Critterland, mm-hmm. and um, I, you know, and so he and I worked on that, and we launched it in October, and I, I mean, we were going like gangbusters, and and basically, you know, for that. For Critterland, it was just like children's church. I mean, we came in, we had prayer, we worshiped, we sang worship songs, we had a story. I mean, it was just like big church, you know. And it was, I mean, I had 30, 40 kids in there on a Sunday. And um, we had started in October, and it was it was a huge success. And um, and I, and, it, and it was it was a good time for me. And then my world fell apart in December. And um, I know that... Uh, I took one Sunday off, and then I was back at it the next Sunday. And um, the only reason I did that was because I felt I had this commitment to Vic, you know, that, that I wasn't going to let Vic down, and that I would do it for a while, and then, you know, I'll give Vic time to find somebody to take my place. And I'm so grateful to Vic because he didn't try to replace me or talk me out of it, mm-hmm. which I think a lot of pastors would have said, no, no, we'll find somebody. But he didn't. He let me do it. And I'm so thankful for to him because that is where I needed to be. I needed to be back to the basics. And um, I needed to have a purpose for coming to this building. Because um, going into worship service, just, it was too painful. Um, one owl wasn't there. Um, two people looked at you really sad. 
and they didn't know what to say to you. So they either say the wrong thing or they'd ignore you altogether. And I knew that there was no, that they weren't meaning to ignore me. They just didn't know what to do with me. And um, so, um, but when I went to, so when I went to children's church, when I went to Tiny Town, those kids, they could care less about me. (laughs) You know, they, all they care about is themselves. You know, they are so, you know, into themselves and uh, egotistic. You know, that's the way all little kids are. You know, they didn't care if I had had a bad day or they and you know they didn't, they didn't ask oh miss lenore how are you today no it was miss lenore i'm going to pick a puppy dog today or whatever and so i didn't have to explain to them about anything i didn't have to explain anything they didn't look at me with sadness in their eyes because they didn't care they didn't know you know um and they had no reason to know you know and so there's there's such great healing in that and they made me laugh and you know they come in and they give me a hug and you know um there was such healing in that. But the greatest healing in that is um, it made me pray. Yeah. It was the only time I prayed for about a year and a half. Because remember, we're living in different rooms. <laughs> and so, but I prayed. And I did a Bible lesson. And I sang worship songs. And I didn't do that in church. I mean, I'd stand, but I wouldn't, I couldn't sing. There was no, there was no joy in my heart. It's just like the book of Proverbs that says, you know, you don't sing songs to a person who's mourning because it's just, it's just not there. But it made me do that. And I can remember one Sunday in particular, I was, the theme was God is good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I can remember I was telling the kids, you know, did our Bible story and, and I said, God is good. And, and I remember in the back of my mind, I was like, no, you're not. I don't even know why. You know, I don't believe that. I don't believe you're good. You know, how, if you were good, why would I be where I am? You know, um, if you were good, none of this would have happened to me. But my mouth said it. My mind didn't. It's a long way from your head to your heart. heart. Yeah. 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 But my spirit believed it. Yeah. And I can remember when I got out in the car, I just started crying. I was like, you know, if, I, you know, if you're good... You know, we, we gotta find we gotta find a, a, a happy medium here. You gotta help me to believe that you are good. Right. And um, I think that was a breaking point for me. Was that moment in time when I was in tiny town and Critter Land, and um, but I needed that, yeah. you know, and um, and that really Critter Land saved me mm-hmm. because it made me come back to church. It made me pray, even when I didn't want to, even when I didn't feel like it. It made me, you know, speak to speak and talk to talk. Mm-hmm. And it made me sing the songs and just keep the little bit of fire that I had alive that I didn't think was alive. It helped keep it alive. And um, I, you know, I, and I tell people, I say, you know, and I, and I believe this, if you need healing, if you are in mourning, go work in Children's Church. Mm-hmm. Because you will find healing there. Mm-hmm. Uh, it'll take you back to the basics. You know, you can listen to the stories just like, you know, a little kid. And um, it'll just take you, because it, it's all about the basics. I mean, you can, do the, all the stuff, you know, the high-tech stuff and, you know, the big philosophy, uh, the Oswald Chambers. <laughs> I'm not an Oswald, you know, I don't have that type of, philo- you know, whatever. I, I just give me my little faith. You know, give me my little story about David and Goliath. And, um that's what I needed. And so I was able to heal through that. And so I thank Pastor Vic that he didn't pull me away. 
from that, that he, he saw, and I really do believe he saw that I needed that yeah. more than they needed me in tiny towns. So, um, so I began to heal through that. Um, I began to believe and heal. And um, they say time heals always. I don't believe that. Time covers them up, but they're still there. The scars are still there. The pain is still there. It still hurts on a rainy day, you know. I mean, like now I'm crying, you know. Um, but through all of that, you know, I can see now looking back how God had planned all of that. You know, he put all the, you know, put, he put the people in my life when my mom was dying. And then he put people in my life when I lost my sons. And then he put people in a ministry in my life mm-hmm. when I needed it most, yeah. when it was the hardest. Yeah. You know, we live in this broken world where things don't always work right. and The tents we live in don't work like we like for them to, right? Yeah. Or sometimes for very long. And there's other people make choices, you know? it's mm-hmm. We all have a free will, right? That's right. Um, but to look back over all the things that have happened and be able to see that God has placed people there very strategically placed. Yes, very much. And even when you park, you're sitting in a car and somebody walks up to the door. Like, right, exactly. That is, we have to recognize that God right. cares that much that he, he would right. make that divine appointment for you. That's right. And it makes me think of the scripture when Moses asked God to see him face to face. And he said, I'll hide you in the cleft of the rock. And after you pass by, mm-hmm. you can see me right. from behind. Right. And that's a picture of your yeah. of your life. Yeah, it is. Yeah. It is. He's hidden you. Right. Uh, doesn't mean it doesn't hurt in the cleft that's of the right. rock, right? right? But he's hidden you in Christ, and he's placed people in your path. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then looking back, I can see all of that, and I yeah. praise God for all of that, all those moments. And I mean, it's just like you know that young couple um, that went through the tragedy with us. They went on to have two beautiful. Mm-hmm daughters mm-hmm. who are my goddaughters mm-hmm. who I love dearly mm-hmm. and who are very very precious but have we not had that suffering with them I wouldn't have the relationship I have with them right you know you know some people say well you know you do you wish that you could change things and I think that's dangerous yeah I yeah. think that's so dangerous to have that kind of a thought well if you would just fix this well if you fix that maybe I'd lose this you know mm-hmm. um and I wouldn't trade anything for those two goddaughters. Um, they're just so precious. And the friendship that I have, yeah. um, I wouldn't trade anything for that. Yeah. And I wouldn't trade anything for the relationship that I have with Al's kids. Um, we still have this great relationship. and um, so. But I did heal in Children's Church or in Tiny Town. But God and I were still living in separate mm-hmm. rooms. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and um, so, I mean, I, I started... I, I began to have faith. I began to have have happy moments, but I did not have joy. And there's a difference between happiness and there's a, a joy. And I lost my joy. Um, I could I became you know I I came back to you know, to to the church, but there was something missing. And um, I can remember you know and. I, you know, I'm a widow, so I live alone. So I can have open conversations with God. You know, people walk into my, you know, I had one person walk in my house and they were like, I thought you were talking to somebody. I'm like, I was like, yeah, I was. God's it was God. <laughs> God's in the other room. <laughs> um, so, you know, and I think that's something that Carrie, your dad, Pastor Carrie, he was just like, 
you know, you can talk to God. You can, you know, I'm, I was mad at God for a long time. He can take it. <laughs> he can take it. He can yeah. take it. And that's what, yeah. he, you know, he did. He said, and, he, and, you know, when we lost Al, he said, I can remember, Gary said, you know, God's pretty mad right now, too. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. he's pretty mad. And he said, so it's okay. You can be mad, too. Dad saying that was the biggest tragedy of his ministry. You were talking about God being mad. I was thinking, too, the Bible says Jesus wept. That's right. That's right. And I, there was a lot of crying going on that night that we lost out. In fact, and I don't know if it's fortunate or unfortunate, but I have a photographic memory, so I can remember everything about that night. And every pastor in this church was at my house that mm. night. They were at my house that night, and I'll, I'll never, and I bless them for that because they really reached out and loved me. Mm-hmm. And um, even though I didn't know what to do with it at the time, I needed that at the time yeah. for the people to come around me um, and to um, to lift me up. Um, I was pretty lost then. Back to my journey with God, I was tolerating him now, you know. He was still in a different bedroom, but I still didn't have the joy. And I can remember I was at the grocery store. You know, God is, for me, God puts these little mm-hmm. things, you know, it just, it's, it's not an altar moment for me. Um, yeah. I mean, things have happened at the altar, but it usually happens somewhere else. And I was in the grocery store and, um, it was probably hmm, about five, six years after Al had passed away, maybe even a little longer than that. And I'd still been dealing with this, this problem of just not healing completely. And I was in the grocery store and there was a little kid with his mother. We were in the uh, aisle with the uh, cereal and he wanted a specific type of cereal. And um, she was like, no, we're not getting that cereal. And his question was, why? And so she told him, whatever, he's too sugary, whatever. Why? He kept going and kept going. And, and you could tell by the tone of her voice, she's getting a little <laughs> upset as to why he keeps asking why. And so finally, she looks at him and she says, stop asking why. Wow. <laughs> And so I went on, uh, went through the grocery store, and I got out my car, and God spoke to me. He said, that's you and me. Mm. He said, you have got to stop asking why. Mm. He said, you need to start focusing on who, and the who is me. And even if I answered you, you wouldn't like it. Mm. It wouldn't, if, even if he told me the answer to my question, it wouldn't satisfy me. Just like that little kid, it didn't satisfy him. Mm. And so God said, you know, you can ask why all day long, but it's not going to satisfy you. It's not going to change things. And you're never going to be satisfied with whatever the answer is. So you need to stop asking why right now. And um, I did. That was a turning point for me because at that moment, I stopped asking why, God, why, why did you do this to me? Why did I, you know, all the whys, you know, because you can look back at your life and you can say all the whys. And, um, but you'll never get the answer you want. But you don't, you just keep asking why. And so I stopped, I changed the why to an O and I started focusing on who. And at that moment, it made all the difference in the world. And so at that moment, when we went home, we began living together again, <laughs> you know, um, and that brought the joy to my life. And I can say with all sincerity that I can look back on my life and I can look at all the things and I see the blessings more than the, the sores and the, and the hardships. And I have joy and I thank God for that because it was, it was very difficult living about six, seven years without joy. That is hard. 
It is hard to live without joy. I don't know how people do it in the world who don't have God, who don't have the joy of the Lord. Um, I don't know how you do it. And, um, you know, we all walk through the valley of the shadow of death. And I used to, you know, when you're a little kid and you, you heard that, you know, I always, I didn't know what that meant, you know, but, you know, as soon as we're born, we're dying. And, and we're all, you know, it, some of us have to have situation where we deal with death quite an early age some of us much older um i know that i'm still you know going to have to deal with death and you know and and sorrow um that comes your way but i know now that for me the key to it all is just focus on the who yeah it's the focus on the who so i try to you know be joyful (laughs) in all that i do and um um, but God is good. He really is good. You know, some people would look at my life and go, oh, I'm so sorry for you and all the tragedy. And I am sorry for me and all yeah. the tragedy. But without the tragedy, I wouldn't know the joy. Yeah, and, you know, I'm thinking about, you were talking about how you grew up and as you went through the tragedies as a young girl, losing your mom and even losing your children that it was your mom's faith that sustained you. Yes. And then when you lost Al, even that foundation crumbled. Mm-hmm. And what happened in Children's Church is you built your own foundation of faith. That's true. Yeah. Um, that's powerful to look back and see how important faith, mm-hmm. giving our children that foundation of oh, faith yes. is. Oh, yeah. But then there comes a time, we talk about that here a lot about the foundation of faith that we get <laughs> from our parents, but there comes a point in time where that's going to crumble because of someone else's. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And just to see how in the midst of all of that, um, the foundation that you have now mm-hmm. right. is, yeah. it's still built on your mama's right but exactly it's now has another layer it has of, a completely different layer yeah because of, of starting back over again yeah. i mean it's really did i mean you know um and like i said now if, if if things had changed and things had if pastors in this church which i'm sure that there were probably a couple of conversations between the pastors of do you really think she should be doing you know critterland do you really think you know now's the time for her to be doing that mm-hmm. And I really, I mean, I don't know if this conversation's happened, but I think they probably did. Because, I mean, who in their right mind would put this broken person in charge of all these kids? Um, But whoever stood up for it and said, we need to let that happen, they saved me. They really did. Um, And, um, you know, and um, I don't want to speak for somebody else, but, you know, there's another person in our church who went through the exact same thing. They took my position in Mm. Critterland when I left it. After um, about 12, 15 years, whatever it was. And then they lost their spouse. And um, I remember going out with her to dinner. And I said, I told her, I said, I know you're going to want to give it up. And I said, I know people are going to tell you to give it up. But please don't give it up. I said, you're going to find your healing there. Mm -hmm. I said, you know, don't give it up. And she didn't. (laughs) And um, I can't speak for her, but I think that really helped her. Because yeah. uh, a lot, but I, I did. I told her. I said, "Don't give it up." I said, "You're going to want to. You're going to want to just turn your back on everything um, and just, you know, dig a hole and put yourself in it because that's the way you feel." Yeah. I said, "But you can't do it." You 
And I said, those kids will save you. I said, because they, they, just, they, they'll love on you, and but they could care less about your pain. <laughs> you know, and sometimes... Yeah. That was okay. For, for a he, for the moment in healing, that was safe for me. Yeah. That was a safe place, probably the only safe hour I had the whole week because when I was at work, people were always tiptoeing around you. And when I was, at, you know, when you go with friends, they'd be tiptoeing around you. And because um, nobody wants to upset you. I mean, they don't want you to start crying in front of them. But that was the safe one hour a week, you know, that was safe for me that I didn't have to worry about who Lenora Fowler was and Lenora Fowler's pain. Yeah. Well, and when we serve, it takes our mind off of ourselves for yeah. just a little bit. Right. right. Exactly. And that's the joy of of serving. And there's mm-hmm. there's a reason we serve. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a reason that God yeah. instituted the church mm-hmm. and that's community. Right. Mm-hmm. That's right. I think about that night that you had the pastors at um, mm-hmm. your house. Like mm-hmm. that's what that's, that's what. what that's right. And, but we're also, there's such a, um, there's such a joy that comes when you have no joy, you know, right. there's something about being able to give of yourself that takes our minds from ourselves and our right. predicaments. But right. the interesting thing is, is that self, you know, you, you would say that's the perfect time to, uh, I can't do that right now. Oh yeah, I know. I mean, that's yeah. what you, that's what. Everybody expects you to, oh, you know, she just it needs time for herself and, you know, whatever. And um, and it is so easy to stop when you have that excuse because it's a great excuse, you know, to say, well, yeah, you know, if you ever want to step out, uh, you, know, I, you know, if I ever want to step out and stop doing ministry, that would be the perfect excuse. Yes. Mm-hmm. And but that's not what you if you're going to, you know, you, you need to keep doing the ministry. Even if it doesn't feel like your heart's in it, mm-hmm. um, the spirit is in it. Right. You know, the spirit right. never left me, even though, you know, I didn't feel right. him too good. You know, and even the fact that God spoke to you through a child in <laughs> yeah. a grocery store. Yeah. I mean, he knows That's right. you, right? Yeah. That's right. He knew. Yeah. I mean, it was just like, because I, I mean, you know, I stopped to watch this, you know, this, you know, you hear this thing. Most people would have just ignored it and went on, but I'd stopped to watch this little kid and I just, you know, I had to chuckle. Oh my gosh, you know, uh, you know, and then when I got out in the car, I wasn't laughing anymore because he was like, That's you. Got to stop. You know, it's hard when we see ourselves as little kids. <laughs> yeah, but you know that's that's what we are. Yes, we are absolutely. God, I mean, we think we're big adults, but we're really just little kids in God's eyes, and, just and He's our Father, right. and He's like enough. You right. know, um, that's enough. I, I, you know, I, you got to stop. You know, we're never going to get past this point if you don't stop. Right. And, um, it's kind of like, you know, of course, you know, when you look at my life, you know, you think of Job, you know, <laughs> you know, it's a Job. But that's the same thing with Job. I mean, that yeah. was always what he did. He was yeah. just asking why. And finally, God turned to him and said, you know, did I ask you, you know, when I put the stars on the sky? Did I ask you, you know? And so it was kind of like a, it was a Job moment for me. But it was yeah. just like, you know, you just got to stop asking why. Another thing I think about was a story about the child in the store. And that's how... The Lord spoke to you and also about children's church and how that's where you found your healing. And also mm-hmm. as a child with your mom dying of exactly. cancer, yeah. that's where you got your foundation. The Bible says, unless you become as a little child, you will not enter the kingdom of heaven. And so childlike faith, mm-hmm. and like Pastor Margaret was saying, when you were serving those kids, 
you weren't thinking about yourself. You were mm-hmm. thinking about them. And not only were they being blessed by you serving them, but you were blessed by serving them. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Because, yeah, because sometimes that was, I mean, and, you know, that's why I'm saying if, you, if, you, if, you, if you're down and out, just go and sit in Kid City or Tiny Town or something like that. Because just to see those kids, you know, singing and dancing and, um, I mean, it, it's it's just amazing. Um, yeah. You know, uh, yeah. And they just, you know, and the funny things that happen, you know, things that happen. And then the only time I laughed during the whole week, you know, or whatever, um, yeah. was during those moments in time usually. When I could stop thinking about myself, yeah. you're right. Yeah. And stop having the pity party and that kind of thing. Yeah. So you're right, Grayson. Though you do have to become like a little child. Um, yeah. So yeah. So things are good, and you know, um, it's sometimes it it's sometimes it comes back, you know, and you know sometimes you know Satan will use those things, you know, uh, things will the questions why will come up, you know, or something and. You know, I just have to tell him, you know, we're not going there. You know, um, I'm only focused on the who, you know, and and God and and, um, and G, you know, and just the spirit, you know. Um, and you know, just because you understand that God is good mm-hmm. and that you don't hold that against Him, doesn't mean it doesn't hurt. Still. Right. right. Mm-hmm. You know, right. there's seasons. There's, I'm sure, times of the year. There's um, birthdays. There's yes. They come every year. Yeah, they do. That's yeah. right. They yeah. do. So, so yeah, that, and it's and it's tough because Christmas is a hard time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, it's coming up. Yeah. Um, the anniversary of his death is just a couple of days away, mm-hmm. and um, and that was devastating for my Christmas. And so, some my Christmas has definitely changed. Not how I celebrate it, but how I decorate mm-hmm. and, and the things that's in my home is different um, because that's very difficult. Um, Unfortunately, when Al took his life, that's what I was doing. I was decorating. So to think about decorating a Christmas tree is very, you know, it's very hard for me to do that. Yeah. Um, and so I don't do that. Um, and it's okay not to do that because I can enjoy it in other ways, you know, and seeing Christmas trees and out and about and at my office always decorates. And so, but I just don't. Um, it's kind of changed that a little bit, but it's a, that doesn't make necessarily make it bad because I still love Christmas. Mm-hmm. I mean, I've gotten the joy back of Christmas, yeah. uh, of what Christmas means right. and um, uh, the birth of the Savior and right. the birth of Jesus. So, um, so some of these things may change how things look for you, mm-hmm. um, and the, and it may change that, but that doesn't mean it's bad, right. you know. Right. Yeah, so I'm a pretty happy person. I'm a pretty yeah. joyful person. Yes, you are. <laughs> yes, yes. You are. But, but most people wouldn't know, wouldn't know that, you know, to right? know where I've been and what I've come right. from. They would, they would not. The world would not understand that right. at all. Yeah. yeah, that is definitely beyond beyond this world. Mm-hmm. Um, it's called kingdom living, mm-hmm. right? And it's yeah. beautiful um, yeah. just to see your perseverance, and you know, I love to see you on the parking lot on Sunday mornings and greeting every person. And, you know, I think about often, and I say to our volunteers and to our staff too, um, a lot of times every new person that's coming into church is coming in out of a crisis. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. And you don't know what it is because we're good at hiding things. I I became really good at hiding things. Um, Yeah. You never know what people are going through. 
you don't. You don't know what they where they've been or what they've done. Um, and um, so, yeah, I try to I try to remember that yeah. because I'm there and, and I take special notice of widows, mm. you know, because being a widow, um, it's, it's a hard thing because it kind of puts you in a separate category, yeah. <laughs> you know, when everybody else is around you and there's couples and, um, uh, and I think um, the thing you miss the most is the physical touch. Mm. So I try to give, Lots of hugs. I try yeah. to give everybody lots of hugs because people just don't, they don't yeah. do that, you don't. Um, that is the one thing when you lose a spouse, you lose is that physical touch. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, and a lot of people just, you know, aren't huggers. But <laughs> um, I do try to hug the widows mm-hmm. um, because I know I miss that in my own life. Yeah, yeah. Um, so. Yeah, it's always, it's interesting just to hear, like, why you do what you do, right? right? Yeah. It's calculated. Like, right. you, you're doing it because... You know, um, you've been there, and that's beautiful. Yeah, I know what's missing. Then mm-hmm. for people, yeah. I do know what's missing for people. Yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, most of them don't turn me down. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah I'm sure. most of them don't turn me down because yeah. they they need that. Yeah. Um, and I've had several of them saying that you know that's the that's the only hug I got all week. Mm-hmm. You know, and you know, um, we need that. You need that physical touch. So that's the way God made us. Yeah. Um, God made us, like you say, to become around one another, um, but to be in community and to love one another yeah. and to love on one another. Yeah, yeah. And, for sure. Uh, so, yeah. Thank you for joining us today, Lenora, and thank you for sharing your testimony. And uh, we pray uh, that uh, today's broadcast has been a half hour of hope for your life. May God bless. Hope Talks is sponsored by Church of the Nazarene Harrisonburg in partnership with Sunshine Ministries. Thanks for listening to today's podcast of Hope Talks. If you enjoyed the podcast, please subscribe for updates and the latest episodes. Also, if you're in the Harrisonburg, Rockingham County area, we invite you to listen on the radio each Sunday at noon on 1470 AM or 102.1 FM WBTX.